With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Voices for Change 2.0. The mental health podcast that's changing the discussion one voice at a time. Featuring guests that will help end the stigma and keep talking mental health. And now, here are your hosts, Rebecca and Joe Lombardo. Hey, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Voices for Change 2.0. Yeah, thanks for tuning in this week, you guys. Uh, Thanks for being with us today. Thanks for taking time out of your busy schedules to listen to us, either live or in the future, <laughs> on, repeat, on repeat or what have you. Um, yeah, we're, we're happy you're with us. Yeah, absolutely. So I got to say, before we start talking about the topic that you wanted to talk about, um, you know, those of you that, that know us know that uh, Rebecca and I are uh, wrestling fans from way back. And there was... Uh, some wrestlers, you know, they, well, every wrestler has their own entrance music, right? And they, you know, they, they said in the past, you know, they hear their entrance music hit and it gets them all pumped up and they're excited to go out and perform. And that's what revs them up, you know, that on top of the loud cheering and everything. And uh, it's funny that since since we've got the music that we've got now, I have that experience. <laughs> you know, I am I'm like, oh, it's time to do the show. And then the music kicks in. It's like, oh, I'm pumped up to do the show. Let's do the show. It would work out a little bit better for me if it was like Alter Bridge or Yeah, I know. Something like, like that. Yeah. <laughs> but, yes, dear. But I, but I understand where you're coming from with that, honey. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, it's obviously not. Rob Zombie, Alter Bridge. Uh... Okay, Edge. You know, <laughs> it's not Disturbed or Motorhead or anything. But, exactly. Yeah, you know, Motorhead but... is very missed. Yeah, but you know, hey, uh, our our music rocks, and I love it. <laughs> and so. you can thank me for that because I I'm do. the one that put that whole thing together. I'm not gonna shy away from the compliments on that. I uh, worked very hard with that chick to get her to say it just the way she says it. So yeah, and then the music too. Yeah, and the music was was they weren't they didn't come from the same place. I had to, you know, put that together. Yeah, put it together. So. Yeah. So yeah, so I just I had to say that really quick. I was thinking about that as the music was playing, that you know gets me pumped up for the show and and all excited and everything. Well, the other thing that we were going to talk about today is uh, I know that a lot of people that I speak to on a regular basis are consistently battling with medication increases or changes of meds or or what have you, and I just. I really wanted to reach out and say you're you're not alone in that, um, and I'm not I'm not complaining about this at all because my doctor is so fantastic now, and like we've said before, it took me 20 years to find her. Mm-hmm. So keep if you can't find a doctor, keep looking. Yeah. Because there's one out there for you that will help you, and you know I I hope you get as lucky as I have. I mean, she answers questions. But via text, and she'll say to me, you know, if if a medication, I notice medication is not working, she'll say, well, do you have something in mind that you would like to try? Yeah, she keeps you very engaged with your own care. Yeah. Which is great. Yeah, and um, a lot of the times I do have something that I'd like to try, and I maybe have had that in the past and tried that on a doctor or two, and they just... They would say, oh, yeah, that's what the commercial says. 
you know, where <laughs> I'm... Like, well, yeah, it is what the commercial says, and that's why I want to try it. Yeah. You know, there's no there's no shortage of pharmaceutical commercials out there. We all know that. Um, and the disclaimers are usually... Pretty awful. And we usually make fun of them, but, you know... But, I mean, a lot of what I get is from... And I know this is going to sound really bizarre, but I get from TV... Um, if I hear, if I'm watching something where there's a situation with a, a depressed patient or a, someone with anxiety and um, the doctor is talking to them and suggests a certain medication, I'll pause the show and I'll Google that medication <laughs> and I'll see if it's something that maybe could help me in some way. Yeah. And that's how I'm on uh, four of my... I believe eight medications. Now, um, if you've ever heard of something called Vibrid, it's relatively new, I think, but it didn't work for me at, at 20 milligrams. And when we put it up to 40 milligrams, I got a weird, weird reaction. So Vibrid's out of the picture now. Um, but funny enough, I did start taking um, Thorazine. And you can credit that to um, the girl, the little girl in The Exorcist. And also Halloween. And Halloween, yeah. Yeah, Michael Myers. Michael Myers. <laughs> <laughs> That's literally where I got the idea to ask my doctor if I could try Thorazine is from horror movies. Yeah. So that's, you, that's, that's a flexible doctor. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah for sure. So, but it seems like it's working, though. Yeah, I, I don't have any complaints about the Thorazine at all. Um, and then recently I started on Doxepin, Temazepam, Boost Bar, and Fetzema, which I've never, ever heard of in my life. I just took this for the first time, uh, the other night. Yeah. And, and it the, didn't make me as sleepy as I was hoping it would make me, but I don't have any complaints so far. Yeah, well, we just got that, and... I think it's a very, very new to the market medication. And you have to uh, have good insurance for that one because yeah, it's expensive. It is. It really is. Um, our insurance saved us $110, but it still cost us 40 bucks to get it. So, you know, it's for sure an expensive, uh, an expensive way to go. But, um, you know, we'll see if this one works for, for back. It's, it, like I said, it's new, you know, and, and that's the thing is what, when you're trying to treat your various symptoms, uh, you know, you're, you know, if you battle bipolar disorder or depression, and, uh, you battle anxiety, you battle, you know, all these different things that we have discussed on the show over the years, um, it's incumbent on you to take control of what you're putting in your body. You know, you, you really have to work with your doctor. Um, and don't be afraid to change doctors. If you're not getting the satisfaction, uh, of treatment, you know, it's, 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 you have to be engaged. You know, it's, we all talk about, uh, responsibility and, and self-care and everything like that. And, you know, you owe it to yourself and your health to be, you know, engaged in your own treatment. You know, you can't take your hands off the wheel and just go, well, I'm going to let this person yeah take control of everything. It's like, no, you, you need to be in control. And if there's anything about your, situation with your provider that you don't like that you're not happy with and you've tried to resolve the problem don't be afraid to yeah, make a change yeah don't be afraid to you know keep doing it if you need to and i know a lot of us especially in the mental health uh realm are afraid of getting uh uh you know, getting getting tagged as doctor jumpers, you know, for fear that, you know, there's the stigma of, well, you're just trying to get medication or whatever, mm -hmm. um, like opioids or what yeah, have you. Yeah, which you I'm know. not doing. So. Right. 
And that's the thing is, is that it's, um, it's not that you're doing that. It's that you are trying to provide for your own care. Mm-hmm. So, um, Which isn't always easy. So no, it's it's Just not. Keep up the keep up the good work. You'll you'll find somebody that that you can connect with. It, yeah. it might take some time, like I said, but be patient. Yeah, you'll find somebody. Exactly. So speaking of connecting with someone, we have a, <laughs> nice new, a new guest today that we haven't spoken to before. Yep. Uh, sh- we met on Twitter, actually, mm-hmm. and as we meet many of our guests. Yes. And um, we're just excited to chat with her. She's a mental health advocate, an author, a blogger. She has a podcast, and she specializes in anxiety. Yes. So please welcome to the show. Miss <laughs> Scary <laughs> Taylor. What did you say it like that for? Because I, I, my brain fizzled for a second, and I was trying to remember, you know. <laughs> that piece it, of paper in front of you with her name on it didn't help? No, the, the where she said that it's like Harry, but with an S. Mm-hmm. And I blanked for a second, and I'm like, don't screw it up, don't screw it up, don't screw it up. <laughs> so, Miss Scary Taylor, how are you? Hey, I'm great, thank you. And you got that pronunciation spot on. <laughs> good. Do, do you like how my wife automatically deferred it to me to let me butcher your name? Don't think well, I didn't, don't think I didn't notice it. You wouldn't be the first and you wouldn't be the last. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she just pawned that right off on me and then me. Well, I said the whole thing, so I thought, you know, you could have a little tag along there. Uh-huh. Sure, that's exactly the reason. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, shush. <laughs> Hiya. So how are you today, Sari? I'm good, thank you. Yeah, I'm good. It's um, late on in the afternoon for me now, because we're, I think we're four or five hours ahead of you guys there. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, starting to quieten down now the day, which is nice. Nice. Oh, that's good. It's exciting. Do you have any questions for us before we start with ours? Um, no, not really. I've just been been listening. It's really interesting, and I've been having a look and you know at some of the other things you've been doing online. And it's all yeah. I'm just uh, happy to go with the flow and see see what you want to know and what I can share. Really. Okay. Awesome. Sounds good. Well, if there's anything that you that you think of that you want to ask us, uh, keep it to yourself. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm, I'm totally kidding. But, you know, feel free to, to ask away. Um, you know, we are open books. So, uh, you know, these are, these are the jokes. This is as good as it gets. So um, there's going to be groaners. I'm letting you know now. Well, if there's a bit of a delay, it's just the distance. It's not that I'm not impressed with your jokes. <laughs> okay. Sure. It's the, it's the distance. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Uh, would you like so, to start, babe? You want me to start? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I don't know how familiar you are with our show, Sari, but um, we generally start the show with uh, this particular question, and we're going to do it with you because it'd be weird if we didn't. So where does your mental health journey begin? Okay. So I'm 42 this year and my mental health journey began when I was 23. And to be honest, up until that age, I didn't know what anxiety was. I'd never really heard of it before. I just kind of assumed it was, you know, for other people, not for me. Um, And I then went from, I'd been to university, I'd traveled the world and Within the space of about three weeks, I went from being so severely anxious, I was having panic attacks literally on the hour, every hour for weeks on end, and then ended up being hospitalized in my early 20s. So I ended up spending a month in a private mental hospital. And so it was sort of like a big shock to the system. Um, it was really frightening, and as I know it is for a lot of people when you, you first experience it, because I sort of thought you know, something was happening to me that was completely out of my control and I didn't know what it was and I was really scared. And then, again, if I'm really honest, which I usually am, um, I I was still a bit stigmatized towards the whole idea of having therapy and 
But I realize that over here in the UK, I don't know if it's the same where you are, but over in the UK, we to train as a psychotherapist, you also have to have weekly therapy as part of that training. So rather mm. than admit defeat that I needed help and support, I decided to go and train instead because that way it just felt more palatable at the time. And I also knew that I would be almost forced to get the help that I needed. So I started to train as a psychotherapist and it all kind of started really from there. Hmm. Wow. Yeah, I don't. I don't know that. I've they, never heard that before. Yeah, I don't think they require that over here. No, uh, I don't it, think so. If they have, if they do, it's not something that's widely publicized. Um, but that's. I think it's a brilliant idea. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I mean, if you're treating, if you're treating other people, why shouldn't you have uh, therapy as well? You know, yeah. that just kind of makes sense, really. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I mean, I, especially. I, when, Go ahead. I was just going to say, I can't imagine really doing that training without, because if you think about how I started, I, although I'd experienced really severe anxiety, I was still full of stigma, really, and disbelief, in a sense, around mental health. So if I'd not had that therapy, who knows how I would have ended up with, you know, working with clients and, and things without having that actual therapy for myself. It would have been a very, very different experience for me and probably my clients, to be honest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I could, I can see that. You know, and it just, it, it really doesn't make sense. Yeah. You know, so that's that's good that they require it <clears throat> over there. Um, and if any of our listeners over here in the states uh, want to chime into that effect and let us know if that's if if they know if that's a requirement for getting licensed and stuff over here too, uh, we would love to know. And, you yeah. know, we can post that on our Twitter later and, uh, you know, let you guys know because we're, we're genuinely curious now. Yeah. Um, you can always give us a call, too. You can call us at uh, 347-989-0126 if you want to talk about that same topic. Yeah. I always forget that we can do that. <laughs> you, you don't have to have the psychotherapy requirements yourself if you're training to be a counselor. It's as far as I'm aware, he is only for psychotherapists. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. Well, it's still, that's, that's really cool that they require that, you know, I mean, cause that just opens the door to a lot of different things. I would think, you know, uh, giving you an idea of what type of style you might want to have in your practice, um, maybe taking care of, something underlying that you're not aware that you have, uh, you know, just different things like that. I, I just, I see it. I don't see it as being a not beneficial thing. If that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, definitely. It was definitely beneficial. And I think the biggest thing for me is really being able to, it enabled me to be able to take responsibility for my own stuff in the relationship in working with people. I mean, i do a lot of coaching now but even as a coach you know that really benefited me working with people in any sort of relationship now to be able to just take some responsibility and know my own stuff if that makes sense Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah it absolutely does you know it's, it's good to have a baseline of perspective when you're when you're going into it and so your your own experiences with anxiety is that what led you to kind of specialize in anxiety after that I think, I don't suppose it was, wasn't really my intention to specialize in anxiety, but I'm a strong believer in that we attract certain people. And I think because I'd experienced it so severely, it, I know that people often find that quite reassuring that, you know, I'm going to be understanding. And when they're telling me that, you know, they feel like they're going to die and that their heart is pounding and that, that you know, I'm not just saying, oh, you know, you'll be okay, but actually... I, I, I appreciate how overwhelming that actually is and how scary that is. And so it seems to just be the requests I was getting and the referrals, because I did write a book. Um, and, and the reason I did that is when I was in hospital and I was completely lost and then had no clue how I was going to sort of move forward m- with my life. And I always promised myself that when I get my head around this stuff, when I understand this, I'm going to write a book because at the time I felt like I was the only one I didn't feel like there was anything that I could just read. There's lots of self-help books, but there wasn't something for me that was just someone saying, this is my experience with anxiety and 
I came out the other side of it. And so I always promised myself that I would do that, which I did. And then it just kind of went from there, then people getting in touch. And um, so it's just ended up being my area of expertise, I think, because it was my experience. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, that really does. You know, they kind of go hand in hand, yeah. you know. So. Talk a little bit more about, we, we know you've got more than one book, so talk a little bit more about those. So I can't say the title of my book for, for adults because it's got a swear word in it. So I won't say, but it's basically me talking about my experience and my journey, but also the insights that I had along the way. So when I was able to see things from a different perspective, I just basically share that. So I share everything from when I was pregnant with my daughter, when I'd experienced grief, like literally all aspects of my life where anxiety would would show up again, where I'd get into that pattern of it showing up and then what I saw at the other side of that. And then the other is, it's a manual for families, so it's really to help families, uh, parents with their children to, rather than focus massively on, on mental health, because again, here in the UK, when we talk about mental health, we somehow seem quite fixated on what's wrong with us and diagnosis and how unwell we are and you know, all of that stuff where to me, it's really important. And I know all of that has its place, but it's really important to be pointing particularly young people in the right direction of actually, do you know what? Things can be a struggle. Things can be challenging, but you're more resilient than you realize you are. And I think the more we can be sharing that with our children and showing our children. So the manual that I wrote is really about ideas and things for parents and families to discuss around okay let's look about let's look at how thought works how our thoughts create our feelings and giving just really quite basic examples of of how that shows up in everyday life so that when a child feels anxious or overwhelmed it's not quite as scary because they understand a little bit about what's going on you can um I know that your the title of your book has a has a swear word in it, but we'll if you can just it's it, and it starts with an F. So just what's the rest of the title, and we'll just say F. <laughs> okay, so it's called Anxiety is an F, or is it? Um, and the basis okay. the basis behind that title was yeah, it's awful, it's horrendous, it was the you know the when I was in the thickness of it, I I wouldn't have wished it upon my worst enemy, but actually now I can see it as Actually, it was something that served its purpose at the time, and it was my body actually responding you know, to my thinking. And so it's almost like seeing it from another angle. And then the, the manual for families is called the Healthy Minds Manual. Cool. Okay. Yeah, we've had a couple of people on that have um, books with swear words in their title. Now it, it seems like it's becoming, I wouldn't say it's a, a regular thing, but it's it's not so shocking. Yeah. We had Gabe yeah. Howard, and his book was wasn't that mental illness is an asshole. Yeah, yeah. Like that. yeah, so, yeah. Well, it, you know, it we, always it always gets a mixed response, and and to be honest, my mom, you know, forty two, but <laughs> still listening to my mom was saying, you can't call it that. You can't. People won't like that. You can't call it that. And so I toed <laughs> and froed for a long time. Should I? Shouldn't I? It might upset people. And I thought, well, actually. I just kept coming back to it because at the time that's just how it felt. And I thought I've got to just stick with it because it just kept coming back to that. And, and interestingly, because the whole idea of the, of the book is teaching us to have insights into the way we see things. And there was one guy actually that messaged me from Australia and he said, I'm so disappointed. We don't like swear words like that here in Australia. And so I just can't bring myself to buy your book, but I really would love to read it. And I said to him, well, I tell you what, I'll challenge you. If you buy the book and read it, I promise you, you won't care as much as about the swear word at the end of it because you'll realize it's just you're thinking about it um, and your mm-hmm. perception. So I don't know whether he ever did get it or not, but <laughs> <laughs> hopefully he did. But, uh, but, yeah, that's, but that's good. Yeah. You know, um, and, you, and you're not wrong. <laughs> no. You know, I mean, for for what we've experienced with anxiety and and whatnot, for sure, uh, it 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 certainly is uh, an effort. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's it's Absolutely. not a nice thing to experience at all. But I think I don't know about you, but one of the things I found myself getting into a cycle is is eventually what I was actually anxious about was getting anxious. So 
it, I was more fearful of the fact that I might get anxious than anything else. You know, there wasn't anything specific that I was anxious about apart from the fact that I might get anxious. And, and for me, one of the biggest changes in my life was understanding more about it and, and what happens in your body and, and, you know, when your thoughts create your feelings and then the physical, physical reactions to that actually took a lot of the fear away for me. You know, it doesn't mean it's an enjoyable experience, but actually it wasn't quite as scary. And I just think that's important. The more we understand, which is why what, things like what you're doing is brilliant, because if we can help people understand it a little bit better, rather than people mm-hmm. thinking, gosh, I feel like this right now and I might die, actually think, being able to know that, no, that you're not going to die, and I know it's awful, but it is going to pass, it is going to settle, this is what's happening in your body. And it just makes things a lot easier for people. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So um, on that note, we are going to take a break. Yeah. What do you think of that? So you guys stay tuned. Or you're going to be listening to the song For You by Brandon Stancil. And we'll catch you on the other side. Bye. Listen in the quick, then I can't run. It's gonna be alright. It's gonna be alright. I push and pull with all my might, but it feels like it's not enough. It's gonna be alright. You make me feel alright. In moments and seasons, we're caught in the deep end, yeah. I need a hand to hold me. Love me like you know me. When Change 2.0. I'm Joe. She's Rebecca. Take a look at her, guys. She's a cutie. She's my baby. Not right now, I'm not. Yeah, you are. I look like a squash bug. You do not look like a squash bug. <laughs> You're adorable. So, and on the line, we have the lovely and talented Ms. Sari Taylor. 
<laughs> Hesitation there again with the name was there, or were we okay that time? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's it's a it's a mental block now. I uh, I I suck. I don't know what to tell you. Um, There's people that have uh, known me for for in excess of twenty years that still get my name wrong. Well, there you go. Yeah. You know, I mean, our my our, our last I keep saying my our last name is Lombardo, and you wouldn't believe how that gets butchered. So, and it's such a simple name too. It's it's you you listen you hear it, and it doesn't sound like a difficult name to me to figure out. Yeah, but and the spellings are woof. Yeah, and you then know. if you. If you use my nickname, which I go by Becca most of the time, and I spell it very differently from most other Beccas there are, (laughs) so I expect that to be messed up, but I go by either Rebecca or Becca, and do not call me Becky. If you if you want to live the rest of your life comfortably, yeah. <laughs> do not call me Becky. Yeah, no. If you want to if you want to live the rest of your life with full use of all of your limbs, <laughs> do not call her Becky. Uh, we've been married going on 19 years, and I have never called her Becky in 19 plus years. Have I, babe? Nope. Nope. Because I know better. That was just my parents. My parents were the last two people on. God's good earth to be able to call me that, and uh, they did. Yep. And uh, now they've passed, so I don't. I shouldn't have to worry about that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Except for the poor, foolish souls out there that don't realize, and yeah, you know, then you condemn them to hell. So um, you started um, blogging uh, at some point, pro- pro- bleh, tongue-tied, probably prior to your books. Um, is that the case, and has it been therapeutic for you? Um, yeah, it's it's something I've kind of yeah always done really. I think I went through years telling myself I wasn't a very creative person, and actually realised a bit later in life that I am quite creative and I enjoy sitting down and just having an idea and then you know putting something on paper. I do it. I do it really to try and help other people I try and be it's probably more for others than it is for myself I know some people say writing journals and writing things for themselves um really helps them it's not really that that drives me it's more being able to just share you know the the very real version of myself because I suppose I get a kick out of getting feedback from someone that says oh my goodness I thought I was the only one like you know, I'm really pleased that you shared that. Or that's where I get the the satisfaction comes from me with people that are maybe hiding a little bit or, or feel like they're the only ones realizing that somebody who, you know, seems to do well in life and runs their own business and, and from the outside looks like I'm doing really well can actually turn around and say, actually, sometimes I struggle. We all struggle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And there's, a uh, kinship of sorts in recognizing that and, and, you know, being able to uh, find something and read it and know, Hey, you know what? The, the person that wrote this is going through the same kind of thing that I go through. I'm not alone in this, you know, and that's really kind of the goal with all of this. For all of our projects. Yeah. yeah. Um, is, you know, having people realize that, you know, they're not alone in their struggles. You know, we're, we're with you. We go through the same stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you're going to be okay. You know, cause that's the, the scariest part is, you know, you get a diagnosis, you know, you told that, you know, you have anxiety or you have bipolar disorder or you have an eating disorder or you have, you know, any number of, mental health issues and the very first thing you think is oh my god this is the end of my life you know yeah. I, what am I going to do now mm-hmm. you know so to be able to come forward and, and and see well you know I'm not alone in this you know there's other people that, that have come before me with this you know and being able to get their insights yeah. um, that's huge you know that's huge for people Definitely. That was a big, a big part of what kept me 
blogging and then eventually turning it into a book because of so many people coming forward and, and saying that to me that it resonated with them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even when I wanted to give give up, I would always remember those people that have that had said something to me or something about me online. You know, once you wade through the bad stuff that inevitably comes with any of these types of projects, mm-hmm. once you get through all of that and you kind of steal yourself and you're you're prepared for any of the negativity that you might experience, you know, maybe you're lucky enough not to have to experience the negativity, but unfortunately I wasn't. Um, but you get past that and you learn how to process that and how to deal with it in an effective way, then you can, you start becoming someone who lives for, you know, hearing from other people and, you know, the, the reviews on the, on Amazon and and things like that. And people is reaching out to you just out of nowhere on Twitter or Facebook and saying, Hey, I read your book or I read your blog. This was amazing. I thought I was the only one. Yeah. Um, that's really what, what I think what keeps us all moving forward on all of these projects. Yeah. Definitely. And I, it might make me sound a little bit ruthless, this, but I kind of switch. The, I do get negative comments. I get quite a lot of rude comments, quite a lot of, um, what's the word, perverted comments, should we say, from <laughs> men, unfortunately, and things like that, where they'll say really quite rude things, um, sexual things, and all of that sort of stuff. But to be honest with you, I see it now as I, I never used to get negative comments until I hit over about 10,000 followers on Facebook. And so I started to think, actually, it's inevitable that I'm going to get some negativity when I'm reaching more people. It's just a numbers game. So now I've used those negative comments as a reminder to me that how far I've grown in terms of reach and exactly yeah. very zero tolerance. And I just block and delete and wish them well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that's all you can do. It, yeah. And when my my book first came out, it, it's a you know it's a memoir. It's a story about my life. Yeah. And I took those those types of comments and negativity really to heart yeah. instantly because I felt like, hey, you know, you're you're criticizing my whole existence basically. Yeah. yeah. And that was hard. God, yeah. that hard to get get to the point where you could just say. I don't need this. And I am at that point now. And it, what a relief. Yeah. You know, it's just, it, it just becomes such a burden while you're carrying all these negative comments around. And then when you finally decide to just let it go and, you know, that's their idea. That's, they can have their idea because I can have my idea. Mm -hmm. So, and you've got to think that if people are, so kind of determined to write something. I mean, it takes a lot. Somebody could read something you've written and have a thought that's negative about it. We're entitled to do that. We all do it, if we're honest. We all mm-hmm. judge when we don't necessarily want to judge. It's just part of what happens. But to me, there's a lot of effort that then goes into writing that down and, and making sure that other person has seen that. And actually, again, when I'm in a better mood and I see something, I, I, I kind of feel for them, really, because I think, gosh, you must be suffering or struggling for you to go to such lengths to try and hurt somebody else that you don't even know. And I think in a way, you know, if I was being compassionate thinking, well, yeah, they must be struggling, you know? Yeah. That's definitely something to think about. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's easy to fall into the trap of anger and, you know, yeah. I hate this person. And you want to get into an argument. You want to beat them over the head with a baseball bat. <laughs> yeah. But to, to really be able to take a step back and say, you know what, they're just, they're dealing with their own crap. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing is we're all dealing with our own crap. So you could read something and it hits you in the right way. And you could read the same thing two days later. And it's all about your perspective. Um, yeah. You know, that's that's really, that's the thing that people, I think, lose sight of really in life is their perspective, how they're, how they're coming at a certain situation, you know, and where they're coming from with it. You know, I always go back to the, the whole bit from Star Wars, of all things, uh, where, you know, Obi-Wan tells Luke that we experience everything from, you know, we all have our own certain point of view. You know, and uh, I, I always come back to that. 
Um, I learned a lot from Star Wars. So, uh, <laughs> it's just yeah, kind of my I mean, wheelhouse. We're only ever seeing everything from our own perspective. Even as a parent, I do this a lot with, with parents. Like we, we're only experiencing our children, our partners, our friends, only ever through our thinking and our experience. But I think what we lose sight of sometimes is that that's also what's happening for them and we can't control that. And, and again, one of the things I'll often say to people is, it's none of your business what other people think of you. And, and I know that that sounds mm. a, bit, a bit harsh, but actually if we, I sometimes remind myself, it's none of my business what they think of me. And, and it lets me off the hook with having to figure that out and having to please them, really. Yeah. No, that's a great, great bit of advice. I think I might start to try to practice that a little bit. Yeah. yeah. It's, you know, I've, I've maintained for years that, um, oh, how did I want to put it? You know, it, it doesn't matter what anybody else's opinion is of me. You know, I, I don't care, you know, if I've got long hair or if I've got a shaved head or I listen to heavy metal or I'm wearing a rock t-shirt or, you know, I, I do this or I don't do that. You know, if they don't like it, well, that's on them. That's their issue. That's their problem. It's not mine. I am living my life in accordance with what makes me happy and, You know, you only get one go around. So you, you have to learn how to do that and learn what it is in this world that makes you happy. And if someone else doesn't like it, be them enemy, friend, family member, that's on them. That's their hang-up. Yeah. yeah. And and actually, you know, to even take it a step further, they're entitled to have their own – you know, some people – who go around sort of thinking negatively of people all the time. Like again, it's not a partic- it's not going to be a nice, a particularly nice existence. They're suffering, and again, that's their choice. And we don't have to buy into that. We can just choose to let them get on with it and just, you know, focus on ourselves and, and what we we can control. And, and certainly, other people's thoughts and judgments of us is not something we can ever control. And I think sometimes, if I'm really honest, again, because it's our own internal dialogue often that lets us down is if someone turned around to me and said I think you're lazy and that really angers me then there's probably on some level that I have found that to be so triggering because on some level I've probably been telling myself I'm being lazy if it's affecting me that much it's probably something that I'm criticizing myself for um you know Mm -hmm. and again sometimes that's a really nice eye-opener of no I'm not lazy and actually maybe I need to be compassionate with me as just as much as, you know, it hurts when other people say stuff, yet we forget that we're saying this sort of stuff to ourselves all the time. Yeah. yeah. Amen to that. Yeah. Uh, there's something to be said for self-compassion, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So what advice do you have for someone who is newly diagnosed with anxiety? Okay. So first and foremost the biggest thing is that if you get a diagnosis, it's a diagnosis. It's telling you where you are right now. It is not telling you who you are. So I was diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder all those years ago. That no longer exists for me. I don't suffer with anxiety. I suffer with nervous nerves if I'm anxious about something, but I don't ever have that crippling anxiety that I had years ago. So you know, so if I'd have held on to that diagnosis all them years ago and thought this is me forever, well, I would have been wrong because it isn't. So it's it's just remembering it's where you're at right now, not who you are as a person. Um, and being kind and compassionate to yourself and accepting of what is. You know, if you're struggling and you're overwhelmed at the moment, then no amount of trying to force yourself not to be is, is going to make it any easier. So sometimes it's about going, okay. My mind and body are telling me something right now. Maybe I need to listen instead of trying to force myself to be something else. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes it's, you know, you can think of it almost as a roller coaster ride, you know, yeah. well, this is the roller, the roller coaster ride has started. I might as well sit back and ride it out until it's over. Yeah. Because you know? it will be over. That's the thing. It will be over. There's mm-hmm. always, you know, our bodies and minds do reset naturally, but the problem for a lot of people, and certainly for me for years, is the reason it wasn't resetting is because I was interfering so much with it because I desperately wanted it gone. And the more I resisted it, the longer it stayed. Yeah. 
Exactly. You know, that's and that's the thing that I, I uh, you know, I'll, I'll try and, and get through to Beck sometimes if, if she's struggling with anxiety or having a panic attack is, you know, we'll get through this and it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we just got to ride it out. And, and she knows that too, you know, yeah. but sometimes it helps having that second person. Yeah. Just you know, to remind you of what you've temporarily forgotten because you're overwhelmed. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. So, you have a podcast. Oh, like I do, yeah. I do. It's very yeah. new, though. It's very new. I haven't done that many, but I have, there's probably about six or seven on there, a couple of which are me just reading chapters out of my book. Um, okay. But, yeah, you're right. I, yeah, I have a new, a baby podcast. <laughs> What's it called? And, uh, you know, what's the format like what do you you know i know you mentioned that you read stuff from your books but do you also have guests on or i do depending on what kind of i tend to just if someone asks if i get asked the same question more than a couple of times in a week i'll tend to just go and podcast it so it's Hmm. anything from dealing with grief to panic attacks to uh relationships to you name it There's, there's literally everything in there i have had guests so i had a lovely lady who's a hormone expert talk we talked about um hormones and anxiety um there's a wonderful psychiatrist on there doing a parenting one with me he's actually in the u.s um dr bill pettit he's called he's he's been my mentor for for a while now um he's a wonderful man i think he's nearly 87 i think he is he's just a phenomenal phenomenal man yeah so there's one with him on there and um, yeah, so it's just very much work in progress, but it's called the Perfectly Imperfect Podcast. I like that. I do too. Yeah, it's a great so name. <laughs> you will hear, you will hear, you know, the dog barking in the background occasionally. You will hear me stutter, and none of it's edited. It's just I show up, I do it, and and that's that. Because to be honest, if I didn't just do it like that, it would never get done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's we've we've had that in the in the past with our show where our cats unexpectedly show up, and <laughs> then you're hearing that in the background, and just it is what it is. You know, there, there isn't you know this is real life. So <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, you also feature online courses. Yeah, um, on your on your personal website. Yeah, what can yeah, yeah. people learn expect to learn from those? So I have the most popular thing I do online is I have a membership club and I've got people from all over the world in there, which I'm very proud of because I love the fact that no matter where you are in the world, you know, again, it's just a reminder we're all human and we all work in the same way. It doesn't matter where we are, where we're from. Um, You know, I know we have our different cultures and things affect us, but ultimately when it gets down to basics, we're all exactly the same. So, so it's what I do in there is I, they have access to my online courses, which again are anything from I have courses on OCD, on depression, on anxiety, all sorts of different things. And I also go live once a week and basically everyone asks me their questions and I go live and answer all their questions in the group once a week. Um, and it's a lovely community because it's it's been going now for a couple of years and it's got to the point which is what I always wanted where people in that group now support each other as well. So the ones that have been there a bit longer and cause, cause what I do is I coach them the principles that, that basically helped me completely transform my relationship with anxiety. I now teach them and explore those with them. So once they start to see the changes in their own life in the group, they're then able to help the newer ones that come in as well. And, and even when they get to a better place in, in their lives, a lot of them have stuck around because they just see it as a nice place to be now. So I've probably got people there now that have been there right from the beginning a couple of years ago. Oh, that's cool. Nice. Not bad. So what would be um, coming up next for you? What, what's coming down the line? Um, There is something coming up, which I just need to find the time to finalize it. But, um, and it's a bit, a bit different, this, isn't it? And again, I don't know what it's like where you are, but 
people dating and relationships has become a little bit of a um, challenge for people here in the UK. A lot of dating is done online, but a lot of people mm-hmm. are getting frustrated with the whole procedure and the whole, you know, people wasting each other's time, not really authentically wanting a loving relationship, all of that stuff. So I'm developing a program, a coaching program around relationships. And the plan is that when people have gone through the coaching plan on relationship, they will then have access to a matchmaking service to look for somebody. So anybody that is going to be matchmade with somebody else, like a dating agency effectively, will all have already committed to a six to eight week program. And so you know that people that are there are actually seriously wanting to find somebody. Hmm. Wow, that sounds really interesting. Yeah. And the idea yeah. behind it for me is uh, the web address of, of bought it, I've not put anything on it yet, is, is just lovedating.co.uk. Because what I want to do is I want to get people to fall back in love with dating. Because I think it's a crying shame that there's lots of people out there waiting to be loved and wanting to share their love and all of this kind of, I don't know, it, it becomes a numbers game for people, which I think is unfortunate, and then puts them off from finding what they want. And I'd like to just really simplify that and make it a more positive experience for people. Yeah, well, it's, it's needed. Yeah, and it's definitely, you know, different times than from when we were kids and mm-hmm. kids like teenagers and stuff, you know, <laughs> yeah. and, and meeting meeting people and, and dating, you know, it's not like, you know, when we were younger, you know, you'd go to the mall, you'd hang out at the mall or you'd yeah. go to a party in high school or, you know, different things like that. And you'd spend mm-hmm. hours talking on the phone with a person that you just met, you know, and you that really got to know people. To yeah. World Wide Web and that's where we began to find people was over the internet. And yeah. Yeah, I mean that's where Beck and, and I that, that met. got scary after a while. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it's where most people. say it's where most people meet now, actually. But sometimes people get lucky, and then other times people give up before they find someone because it's just frustrating for them. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot. There's mm-hmm. a lot to take in. You know, just where you want to where you want to start. Or I mean, like Joe started to say, we we met through um, AOL. Um, and they had pen pals mm-hmm. for the longest time, and wow. you could pick them in different different states or in in your state or whatever. And Joe and I picked each other to be pen pals, um, and spoke on the computer and on the phone for quite some time before we actually ever met. Yeah, yeah, yeah great, yeah. really nice. And that would be the idea with me is that once people could start being match made, it wouldn't be a case of right, you're now going on a date. It'd be get me getting these people together with a everybody with a kind of um looking in the same direction, but just meeting up initially as a group of like minded people just with friendship and then hopefully that you know, develops and blossoms. But I think if we're going in it with that pressure of, Oh, I must meet someone and I, you know, must find a date quickly, it's it's just a whole lot of pressure and you know, it's not, I mean, I'm happily married. I've been with my husband now 22 years in, in January. And and so I, I've not even experienced that whole dating thing. But I have worked with mm-hmm. a heck of a lot of people who have. And also friends, getting to around the 40s now, people are starting with, with their second marriage. And, and that's proven even more difficult for people to find someone later in life and all of that sort of stuff. So, um, Yeah. Yeah, it's it's tough because like you know the the kids these days, you know they grew up in an area of instant gratification. So that's I I can see them wanting to throw in the towel really quick yeah. on stuff, you know. And there's that. And then you know for people that are more our our age, you know, because we're in our forties just like you, um, where they're moving on to that second marriage, they've got so much other stuff going on. They've got their families. They're having to maybe deal with their, you know, ex-spouse and just all this other stuff, they don't have, you know, it's it's a lot to try and put into a new relationship and, you know, trying to navigate through that type of thing. And, uh, you know, it's, it's tough, tough out there. I'm, I'm personally grateful that, you know, I'm not in the dating world anymore. Um, you know, I get to, I get to wake up to this 
beautiful face next to me and be happy. <laughs> yeah, it's that, and, that, and yet there's a lot of people out there that that want that, but get you know it, it's just so exhausting and tiring, and 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 there's lots of rejection and frustration along the way, and and that's my whole idea. Is like you say, like it's not supposed to be difficult. Like we're all made of love at the core. It should be really easy for us to fall in love and find people, but it's just. You say I think people maybe give up a little bit too easily um, or get put off by the red tape, etc. And so for me, to try and get together a group of people looking for the same thing who are also committed. If someone isn't going to commit to you long term, they're not going to do a six to eight week relationship coaching program. So people will fall Mm -hmm. at that first hurdle. So for me, if I was dating, I'd love the idea of meeting people that I know had committed to six, eight weeks of personal development, you know, before even meeting. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, yeah. we're we're getting close to the end here, so before we go, uh, if you wouldn't mind, please put out your, your social media, so if any of our listeners want to reach out to you, they'd be able to. Yeah, so you can find, actually, all of my social media links, probably easier via my website, and it's my name, which is S. A-R-I-E, SarryTaylor.com, and then you can find everything through that. And because my name is unusual, if you Google me, it's really easy to find me because there's not many of us around. (laughs) (laughs) This is true. So, Well, great. Well, Thanks um, for having me, guys. It's been really great. Oh, it's it's been our pleasure. So you're going to stay on the line. Everybody else is going to be listening to the song Beautiful by David Hernandez. Uh, Thanks for tuning in this week, you guys. We hope you have a great week. See you next week. Stay cool and uh, stay safe. Wear your masks. Stars are in the sky and they're starting to align. I see you passing by and we're slowing down the sky. Now my love is flashing by. All I see is flashing lights because you're right here by my side. Can you feel it come alive? If this were a love song, would you be mine? I just can't get you off of my mind. And I think about you all day and night. So I wrote you a love song, wrote you a love song. Baby, you're beautiful. I think you're beautiful.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.